0: You are listening to the Grand Central Sports Podcast, covering New York sports and beyond. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Grand Central Sports. I'm Andrew Van Cura, alongside Ricky Valerio and Gavin O'Grady. Boys, how are we doing?
1: Doing great tonight, ABC. Yes,
0: yes all right. So, um, another disappointing week of football for our new york teams gab we'll uh we'll start with your giants if you want to take us away here
1: yeah so for the giants this week ugh, dude ugh, it is getting harder and harder every week to watch this team play um obviously we had Glennon in today um i don't know if you guys heard he got hurt so we are down to our third string quarterback um, which is
0: who exactly
1: I have no idea. I haven't looked at the depth chart, which is hilarious. Um, So I had no clue who's going to be playing quarterback next week. This team uh, basically solidified. I mean, the season's done after this loss today, in my opinion. I think this kind of solidified. Miami is hot, granted, but just watching the game today, the Giants stuck with them the entire game. The Dolphins are nothing special whatsoever. so it was disappointing to see. I think if we had Jones in there, we could have a real shot at probably winning the game. Um, just in, was in the cards, and uh we move on to next week. That's all I could think. Uh and we are we play LA next week, uh, the Chargers in uh SoFi Stadium. Good luck to us because Herbert's gonna pick apart our secondary. Just uh man, I'm not looking
0: forward to it. That's all. It's okay. Yeah. The only um the only caveat that we have written down here for notes is about uh Giants running back, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I mean, he, we are, we are at the point where I feel like we have to actually ask because he's got what one year left on this contract.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if I want him to know, to be a New, uh, New York giant, if, especially when we, we're going to have to pay him that much. Uh, we're going to have to pay him a lot of money. I mean, um, and I, for a guy, listen, it's tough because he is a skilled player. He is really good. But, like, this season, like, first of all, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Like, I, no. the thing is, like, if, if you're not available to play, then then screw it. Like, you know, you're not useful to anyone sitting on the bench. You know what I'm saying? I, I get that he's been injured. I'm not saying it's his fault or whatever. But for God's sake, if you are never available to play – it's tough for a team to, to justify keeping you, it, yeah. especially a guy of that caliber who will require money to be like, he's going to be highly paid if he does resign in my opinion, at least. Um, I just don't know. I I would love to trade him to try to get something for him, but I don't know what the giants are going to do. I, it's curious to see what the next GM is going to do about that because Gettleman's gone after this year. Gettleman's
0: a hundred percent gone.
1: Yeah. They've pretty much solidified that. Um, and ju- and judge maybe too because if the new gm comes in he might want to clean house and just do with, work with his own you know can you um, really
0: clean house though with his own guys for, for the third time in like yeah you can four years? You,
1: yeah you can it's a new I regime mean, like he yeah
0: i know you can but like you want to how bring how do you expect guys. how do you expect any of these players to gain any sort of system or develop it all if you keep Swapping out the staff
2: well i mean new new gm new head coach new regime that means no more daniel jones so i don't think it really matters right, but if you're i think right, it's going to be a new yeah, staff anyway or a new roster anyways
0: i guess it's just if you're trying to climb your way out of the basement you know this is a trend that happened with like i'll use the knicks as an example every year was roster and staff overhaulings for a while that were just uninspiring and They never really got out of the same place. And then when you turn to the fans and say, hey, we have this plan with this guy, but we need time to make it work, there's no faith left anymore because you just keep gutting everything. Like, there's expecting results quickly, and then there's the New York way of we want to be the Yankees and we want results every year type thing. And I'm worried that's what's – that infects some teams like the Giants sometimes.
1: Yeah, I for sure. And the Giants are going to have to figure it out, man, because this is a fan base. I will say, I want to give Giants fans credit because they show up every week to MetLife. And I honestly, I same with the Jets because I watched the Jets game today too. That place is always fucking loud. That place is really loud always. Like MetLife it it shows still how much the fan bases care about the, the two squads if they're going out and they're, you know, they're going to games still. Um, it's not packed as it, you know, should be because both teams obviously aren't winning, but for, for them to come out every week, that's definitely cool to see. But man,
0: I this team is really frustrating to be a fan of. It really is. It's getting bad. I mean, they're, I think they they haven't been over 500 since like what 20, 2017? 2017? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, and that's,
1: that's bad. <laughs> that's it's it's right. awful. It's awful. Really and, bad. and like, I just don't get it. And that's something we could talk about another day. Cause I don't, there's no reason to ramble about it.
0: Yeah. They, I, they're not good. It's a, another
1: lost season to get to sum it all up. And uh,
0: yeah, I'm I looking think, forward
1: to the draft because we're going to have two picks probably within the top, you know, at I'm least the top 10. We,
0: we may end up, because of the direction that these two teams are going, I think we may end up having a football format change in the future. Where it's almost looking more as an off-season preview instead of recapping, because let's be honest, both these teams have pretty much lost their seasons. Uh, but with that being said, Rick, let's take it to your Jets.
2: Yeah, so just going off what Gav said with the picks, you know our weekly Tankathon update. I've been hitting you with it every week. Uh, it's not much of a change. We still got Jets four five Giants uh, right after six seven. Uh, obviously, both Jets and Giants owning Seattle and Chicago's picks respectively. But um, as for the Jets today, you know, you know, another de- a lackluster defensive performance, you know, 33 points to, you know, Gardner Minshew. I mean, Minshew mania is something you never know what to expect with it. So I get it.
0: Maybe that's what the Giants need a quarterback. Jeez. Yeah.
2: But um, I really, really liked what I saw out of Wilson today, at least to start um, in the first half. He was completing about 80 percent of his passes. He led three straight touchdown drives, obviously. Um, the first drive of the game, Braxton Barry was like an 80 yard return. So we were already in the red zone. Um, but still, even after that, the next two possessions went, drove down the field. Um, Wilson was able to throw for two, run for one. Um, I love to see that out of him. The flashes. Uh, yeah, we were the exactly. Flashes. That's, that's what we asked for. And that's what we got. Right. But then the second half, he completed less than half of his passes. he had a pretty, a pretty bad interception. I don't even know who he was throwing the ball to. <laughs> Um, but overall, if you if you really want to look at the stat line, you know, you mentioned last week, you want to see him give you 275, two touchdowns, and maybe a pick, right? He had 230, three touchdowns if you count the rushing touchdown and a pick. So that's progress. I'll take you, know, it, you can't be you know, mad about it. But the second half, they just got blank. They look terrible. Um,
1: yeah. It's not like uh, the Eagles, though, are, are like a shit team. Like
2: They're, they're not. Yeah, you know,
1: the Jets honestly, I thought the Jets were pretty competitive for most of the game. Like it got away from them obviously in the in the second half, but the Jets played you know relatively well. Their defense obviously was bad. They gave up right, yeah, you that's, know, that's a big, ton of that's points. A bigger issue.
2: Yeah, been talking but about this overall they
1: stayed in the turning. game.
2: And you know, Elijah Moore, another I, I liked seeing him connect this week with Zach. I mentioned it last week. I wish we could have seen that and we didn't. Uh, but we got it this week. Moore had like six catches for 70 and a touchdown.
0: I think Elijah Moore um, is the brightest part of this season. For this yeah, year. I, I, I love I love Elijah Moore. He looks he's, like a stud.
2: Yeah, he's just fun to watch too. Like he's just – he's got so much energy. There was just one big play over the middle. Um, if you spike the ball and it's not a touchdown, obviously that's a big penalty. And he spiked it like right at midfield. But I guess the refs mostly just missed it. But his helmet came off and everything, and he was just amped up. He was fired up. I really like him. I think he's going to be awesome. Um,
0: he also appears to be quarterback proof at least early in his career. Yeah,
2: yeah, that, that's you know, he, he didn't start sign. doing good until Mike White and Joe Flacco were the quarterbacks. So, the fact that last week I was a little concerned, but you know, this week they connected for a touchdown, six catches, whatnot. Corey Davis really wasn't, I don't even know if he was there that much because uh, I honestly
0: thought only he had injured. three
2: targets, two catches, but just another thing I didn't even notice, I didn't even pick this up. Actually, Moore was targeted 12 times today, he only had six catches. That's could do, be due to. Zach's like second half inaccuracy, <laughs> but 12 targets is a lot. I like that connection. I don't know if you guys saw either. I like uh, the, C.J. the press conference today. Like the whole Eagles were just like laughing at the Jets, just making fun of them. Like just CJ Mosley talking about how the Jets just like aren't respected anymore. And it's, it's true. And CJ, I'm sorry, the Jets have not been respected, about, respected since man. like
0: tw- the Jets, when will, The Jets have not been respected, I don't think, since, like, 1996
2: or something. Well, I mean, 2010 and 11, they went back-to-back Yeah, but anything. even then,
0: there were all the Sanchez jokes.
2: Yeah, but, like, everybody knew the Jets had a top-five defense.
0: Yeah, the defense was good. So, you I know, guess, yeah, and it's in 10. Yeah.
2: But, um, like, like they wouldn't even shake hands at the coin toss. Fletcher Cox was apparently, like, laughing the whole game at, like, Salah and stuff, just, like, making fun of him. And, like, CJ Mosley, yeah, he's pissed about it. But, like, he made the point, too. He was like... The, the Eagles have every right to not respect the Jets. What oh, have yeah. the Jets done to earn the respect of any team in the NFL? Nothing. It's just – it's so hard being a Jets fan. But for next week, we got the Saints. Uh, we hope you know, this
0: podcast gets depressing when you guys talk like this.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm trying to keep football short, you know. We got some good news <laughs> coming up with the Rangers. So, uh, I guess we'll move on to that, right? So, the Jets – Yeah, I mean yeah. – let's, let's just please, stop.
0: Please move the hockey because this yeah, is all right, so me.
2: to sum it up,
1: Giants Chargers next weekend in LA, and then we got the Jets taking on the Saints at home at MetLife. Um, prediction: The Giants will. Giants are playing their third string quarterback. They're going to get killed. Um, the and Jets and to
0: will out definitely.
1: Yeah, he's going to be out for um, some
0: reason. I think their third string QB is Jake Fromm. I don't know why, but they I signed him.
1: They did sign him recently. Yeah, they did sign I think him it's recently. Jake from. Oh, that's going to be interesting to the see. Former, oh.
0: The former Georgia Bulldog. Bulldog, yeah. And then the
1: Jets. Chance. Jets, listen, I, as, as much as their defense has been painful to watch, their offense has shown signs of improvement. I don't know, maybe one good week of practice and working on some stuff defensively, hopefully something happens. I think they could, I think they could stick with the Saints, though. The Saints' offense has been brutal. Their quarterback situation yeah. is Big not good. Thing for
0: the Saints is if Alvin Kamara comes back. That yeah. is true. That is true. true. If he, if he comes back, push. they'll probably bull rush the Jets. But if he's yeah. not there, then it could be a close game.
2: But uh, with that being said, we'll take it over to the potential
0: best top five team in the league right now, the New York Rangers. Uh, you, six- know what? I'm, I'm, you know what, Ricky? I'm going to start this off, actually. I am sick and tired of being pessimistic and being cautious. I am excited about this team. You know what? I'm happy. I think we're going to the playoffs. I think we're going past the first round. Hell, I think we might get past the second round. I am excited. This team has given me hope. All right, continue. Sorry. I was just gonna say they're just I on an absolute
2: tear. I mean, Gab, you Gab, you take this. This is this is your team, buddy. I mean, I just don't – I am so cautious with just, like, rooting with teams now
1: because I feel like every time I get my hopes up for I know. A, a team or a season, just every team I, I feel like I've ever rooted for, it feels like yeah. – just, like, it doesn't happen. So, dude, this team is very fun to watch. Every night when I know the Rangers are playing, I you know it's just, like, it makes my day. It's the thing in the day that I'm, li- like, waiting for the most, basically, because, like, yeah. they're just a gr- really fun team to watch. Um, so obviously playing the Sharks this past this past game really, or no, they played the back uh, the Blackhawks this yesterday. Sharks on Friday. Yeah, they played the Sharks on Friday, so we had the back to back, and we and we really said, just I, I think the podcast we've just remained kind of steadfast on this. Just yeah. as the team plays consistent, even if they drop a game or two, it's not that big of a deal if they keep winning. And let me tell you something, they haven't stopped winning. Rangers, Sharks. A shutout win, one nothing. Strom on the power play. Our power play has been absolutely lethal. We talk about this all the time in the group chat, yeah. guys. I mean, this power play is just dirty. Every time we get on the power play, and you know that first unit's coming on, Panarin, Fox, Sabanajad, Kreider, Strom, those are the five, right? Yep. Um, we get – right? You probably get excited. You probably think that they're going to score every time, I feel like, because – Man, it is just so fun watching the team on the power play. Strome another buried power play goal, um, and then the big concern. Obviously, we obviously got the win, one nothing shutout. But Igor Sturkin goes down with the injury, and it was a non-contact injury. Um, and looking at it, you know everyone's uh, he screams, "Oh shit!" immediately because guess what? That guy has been the franchise basically so far this season, with the exception maybe of Artemi Panarin and Adam Fox, but. Shisterkin, obviously the cornerstone of the organization. You see him go down like that in pain, he needs help off the ice, not good stuff. And then uh, but it was revealed that it was actually a bone bruise, guys. So we are
0: really?
1: uh, we're in the clear on that. Um, he'll be back, they say by uh so we played Buffalo next Friday. Um, it, though we don't have the schedule, like we obviously had the two games up in front of us, the next two games, but we play Buffalo next Friday. They're expecting Shostakin back for next Friday. So, oh, they um, are. Yeah. So he's only out a week. Yeah, I was listening to the press conference today with uh, Coach Gallant, uh, and then Rangers Blackhawks. What? This was a fun game. We actually went down one nothing. We usually uh, we don't go down one nothing too often, to be honest. And um, stepped up. We scored three straight goals. And let me tell you something, guys. I don't know if you agree with me. You know, feel free to. To, to let me know, but the two goals Chicago scored, both were not goals. I mean, what do you guys think about that?
2: Yeah, I, just, I remember texting you guys uh, when the first goal happened and it was a high stick thing. And honestly, after they explained it more, it made a little bit more sense because the puck, when, I, when it, was, it was passed, but the high stick, it goes by the shoulders, not the top of the goal when it's a pass. So I think that was why they made that call for the first one. So it kind of made sense, but I still didn't agree with it. I thought it was a high stick. It was just, it is what it is. But for the second one, was that, is that not some sort of like goaltender interference type of call? Like he's in the crease. Wait, you know so I mean?
1: originally what I thought what happened was, I was, listen, I was, I didn't get the best coverage of the game this past weekend. I was, you know, doing, doing shadows in the Poconos or whatever. Right. But from what I was watching the game at the, actually at that time though, when I saw the goal, I am almost a hundred percent positive he they blew that freaking whistle before yeah, uh, before the puck crossed the goal line because you see you see him make the save the puck kinda is sitting there but it's underneath his pads I feel like I hear that whistle blow and then the guy kind of gets shoved on top of him and that's when the puck squeaked across the line but yeah, I could have sworn that it, it was not a goal and they and it, the the ice stood. We we were luckily, you know, we got out alive. We, we you know Chicago pressured a little bit, but um, I didn't get that. I really had trouble both those goals. I thought it was a high stick. I think everyone, you know, in MSG thought it too. The two uh, it's absolutely was Rose, Rose, yeah, Rose and, okay. and Micheletti thought it too. On MSG, I was watching the broadcast. Oh, I I don't I don't get it. So
0: um, it was just a weird game. It was, but like realistically, we, you know, your game could have had a shutout. Honestly. Yes. Yeah, we were, like, Yeah, he 100%. Great. He did. You know, I will I will say, as the biggest Georgiev critic of the three of us, I think. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, I, I was proud of him for that game. <laughs> I I will admit, Georgiev, I was proud of you for that game. I still think the, uh, the Rangers should upgrade backup goalie, but I was proud of him for that game.
1: Oh, 100%. And got it. And then we talked about our two guys. I mean, Artemi Panarin. I go on these rants about him cause like, God, I love bread, man. Cause I, I just remember, let me, let me tell you something. Like, I remember like when we signed Panarin, um, I was on vacation in the Dominican Republic. I was, you know, I was back, back in the day when I used to freaking drink a lot and, you know, I was pretty, pretty waffled up, but I remember signing him and just going absolutely nuts with my dad and just so like, and I didn't really know what, to, but then again, I didn't know what to expect because, You get one of these guys, and you're like, all right, let's see how it turns out. This guy has been a legitimate superstar. He is – and I go on these rants all the time. I tell everyone I know about, like, that loves Rangers, and I ask, like – or not even ask, I say, this guy is probably – and you could – if you don't agree, you could say it, but I think Panarin is the most legit and probably the most talented player that I've seen play on the Rangers in my lifetime in terms of skill and in terms of vision.
0: Outside of – Lundqvist yes
1: well yeah but I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking I'm yeah. talking more of a skater talking I'm talking of, more, oh,
0: if we're talking for skaters absolutely I, I haven't seen anybody on the Rangers like Artemi Panera
1: maybe the only exception I can maybe think of is probably Yarmir Yager when he had that 54 goal season in 2005 but like we were kind of young yeah, obviously either
0: Yager or I like, like that I, first or second year with Rick Nash where he was really good
1: yeah, but yeah, just Panarin the way he sees the ice. Whenever the puck hits his stick, I feel like something's going to happen. I think Ricky, you you alluded to that one of these times. The dude is just a straight up superstar. Yeah, you
2: know, yeah. ABT, what's your point with Rick Nash? I feel like Rick Nash was more like a score. He was. You know what I mean? Like he, he when Panarin kind of gets the puck, ball. I'm not looking for him to even score. I'm looking to see. Who does he see that's, that he's
0: going to make score? You was it the Blackhawk I mean? game? Was it this past game where he had that really insane fake shot pass to uh so, Yeah, to
2: Strom. Yeah, dude, unbelievable.
0: Filth.
1: Yeah, and the guy's insane. And I don't know – I saw a statistic today I, I think is wor- worth mentioning on the podcast. Artemi Panarin, when he plays at Madison Square Garden, he has had more multi-point games thir- with 33 – Than no point games with seventeen. That's that is a ridiculous statistic, man. He's unbelievable. All he does is score points. It's unbelievable. Like, when dude, when I I'm gonna be honest, like, when you're not watching the game, let's say, and you go on like the score app and you you go to see who scored the goal, right? Aren't you like a little shocked when you don't see Panarin, like when he's not on it? Like, yeah, yeah. I get like a little shocked, and I'm like, "Oh, Panarin didn't do anything tonight." Like, that's how he is. I'm, I love him. Strome's been playing so well. Um, I think that line's fantastic. And then we, and you know, we've been talking about this for a little bit now. Mika's advantage yet his goal drought extends to twelve games, pretty long time. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to get on him because we're winning games. He actually no. he contributes in every other way. he contributes in every other way. He's a two way forward. He penalty kills. He has eight assists, so it's not like he's not doing anything. But that's just in that span. I
2: noted that the know, eight assists. He's got more points than that, though. Just no, in the I know. Yeah, not so
0: much the uh, just the not scoring. It's just that he's whiffing on so many chances. Like it. Yeah, it's one thing if he wasn't getting the chances and it just wasn't there for him. But he's had shots, and he. I've said this before on this podcast. I don't know how. I don't think I've seen a player whiff on more open shots this year than Mika Zibanejad.
1: It's Yeah, I don't know. And, and this is what I worried about because man, we signed him just that long extension. We're keeping him here for a while, obviously. Not that I'm even worried about the contract because he still produces in many other ways that I find that most players cannot do in the NHL, which is fine. Um, but it's just so it, it's just so fitting, of course. Like the like just like the Punching the balls, the knee in the nuts. Yep. That this guy isn't scoring after uh, you pay him that much freaking money.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: I mean, it's just like a, it's like a. T-
0: it does alarm you.
1: I. They want that. The thing is, is that he's gonna get kept together. Cryder, They love Cryder with him. They. If
2: love you put Crider him with Panera, with him. And he's gonna score like crazy though. I think it's the right.
0: I don't think I. I don't, I don't, don't think they don't, so. They don't work together. Some reason
2: I don't think so. No, I'm I, I get that and I understand. I think, I'm not, I I'm not just for a just works.
0: Change. Panarin just works better with Strom. I think Str- Strome
1: Strom is turned into a legitimate second line center
0: because of Arttani Panarin. We, you can uh, argue. Can we talk about Ryan Strom for a second because he is a UFA after this season. Yes, are we up? Yeah. So I figured now, maybe now. I mean, obviously we have plenty of time, but I figured since he's on the hot streak now, now might be a time to talk about it. Are we expecting to retain Ryan Strom? Uh, I don't know exactly what our cap situation is like, but I'm guessing it's not going to be beneficial. So we have we do
1: have cap space because um, I know for a fact that the Rangers been looking into making a like a deadline acquisition type deal, just really? like to maybe okay. boost us down the stretch. Like I know a name. Have mentions, you heard any names
0: yet? Yeah, that was about that.
1: Yeah, um, Jake DeBrusk from the okay. Bruins. So he's he requested a trade from Boston. Are the, oh, it was only two yeah, it was only two or three seasons ago he scored, like, 25 goals. Yeah, Jake um, a good
0: bar.
1: Yeah, the last two seasons he's kind of struggled. But that is – he's been with – he hasn't been on, like, a solid line. He's always had – he's been playing with a lot of different players. So I think that can be attributed to it. But I've heard that name kind of being flown around. That's, but that's in terms nice. of Strom, the, with the way he's playing, you can't argue if he wants a little bit more now. That's
0: that's the yeah, issue. Yeah, he's playing himself. gonna worry, he's playing himself into a big contract.
1: If he plays himself into it, we could—I mean, we could be in a lot of trouble if he plays himself into it, like he's, a seven million tight, seven million making, year tight deal. He's making
0: five right now.
1: He is, hes going to want, want at least seven. He's twenty-eight.
0: He's going to—he's he's young, younger eight. guy. He's going to—he's going he's want, to want at least seven to eight, and he's going to want at least five years.
1: I say I'd, I'd say I'd say maybe three or four, even. No, but if he's you, if you get top, But the,
0: with the way well, – Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Action. Any player wants term. Here's yeah, any thing. player wants in term. In hockey, yes. we've been seeing so many term-based contracts, even for guys that aren't. I think for some reason for teams, it's just easier to manage finances that way if they just spread it out longer.
1: I mean, tell me about it. We're paying – Barkley Goodrow, you know, yeah. he's
0: six years. I'm just he's a third
1: line to... slash fourth line player. I yeah. love him. I think he's a fantastic he's a player for pitcher, what he does. Yeah, long but long six term.
0: years for a, that type of player. I mean, I just wonder. That what was long, questionable the offseason. season, especially now that Zabernajad's locked up. Is he going to play himself out of the Rangers?
1: I don't I know. Feel, I feel like I, could it, be that's some that's up for debate. That, we talk could talk about that more.
0: Desperate enough to throw money in a center like
1: him. Yeah, you no, know, 100% there will be. I mean, pe- teams are always looking for ways to improve and he's a great player. Like at the, at this point right now, I mean, um I could see it, but we'll have to say that's that's the thing we got to be uh got to be patient with with in terms All of
2: right. the contract shit. Right, but before we move on, though, I got to ask you guys this question, right? 6 in a row, 8 in a row at home, haven't lost at home since the end of October, talking like 6-7 weeks now, 10 of the last 11, right? We got We're one point behind the Caps for first place with two less games played. And we're only two points behind the Panthers who have played more games than us for being the number one team in the league. We have a point percentage of 76, which is the second highest in the league. Is it a little premature to call the Rangers a top five or even like a top 10 team
0: in the league right now? Is the question, that's, that's a different, well, no, that's just fact at this point right now. The better question is, can we officially move them into the Stanley Cup contender conversation. Um, too no. early to do that.
1: Yeah, it's too early. Okay. Yeah. It's too early. No it is because there's still so the a season left to go. Yeah, we let's just this, not this get crazy. A, I love this I love this start of the year. I this, this has is been such so a much weird fun.
0: start to the season. Uh, a lot of the favorites have struggled out of the gate for the cup.
1: Did you think the New York Island or we're going to talk about them would go on an eleven game losing I streak. Them,
0: I had them winning the East.
1: I mean, I, I, I know a lot season. of guys Don Don LaGreca, who's the Rangers play by play guy. He's on the Michael K show. He, he's the hockey guy. He had the Islanders win the Stanley Cup this year. I had them winning the East. They, they are, are currently, currently I, had, I had Vegas winning yeah, the Cup. Yeah. They had uh, currently the Islanders sit at the bottom of the league. I think they're second to last place. Yep.
2: Yeah. They're like, they're 18 points out of a playoff spot out of the three seed. I don't know about the wild card. Wild card. They might not be, they might be less than 18 out of the wild card, but they're 18 out of behind the canes. And as much as you want to blame COVID that, that spells trouble, man.
1: Uh, They need to, they need to, we're going to obviously talk about the Islanders tonight. Yeah. We're going to talk about the Islanders
0: just in a little bit now. Uh, Might
1: as well just, might as well just transition right into it. it. All
0: right. So yeah, the Islanders, uh, Another, three straight uh, another OTLs. couple of losses, OTL to the Sharks, OTL to the Red Wings. I mean, outside of Matt Barzell, this team looks horrible. I mean, is there really much? I keep looking for other threads to pull on, but outside of COVID injuries and ineffectiveness and Matt Barzell, there's not much.
2: Yeah, I mean, I caught the uh, second and third period of the game today. Uh, I feel like they. They looked better, you know, like like Pajot had a nice goal in the second period. He had a couple chances in the third, just couldn't capitalize. They looked very aggressive in that second and third period. I feel like they had a lot of puck possession. I mean, Flurry was just an absolute monster in the net tonight. Yeah. Nothing you can do about that. Um, but I texted you guys when, um, when Dobson scored that goal. Dude, that arena was shaking. It was shaking. You know, I think that if they could have pulled this game out, like I feel like there could have been some sort of turnaround potentially for this team. Like this could have been such a big win for them. And, and then you get to the the shootout and they couldn't score. Not one guy could score in the shootout. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just so hard right now, but you know, like you mentioned, Barzell another two points tonight, He he's their best player without a doubt. And it's just like, other than him, it's like, what is going on with this team? Like they, I know it's early, but I feel,
0: I feel like we have to ask the question since we're about a quarter of the way through the season now. Um, I know it's still early, but I have to ask: Do the Islanders need to consider if trajectory keeps them on this path? A soft reset at the deadline? Do they need to start considering that as a as a possibility? Um, I know it's tough, um, but. You've got a you got a team full of. There's a lot of older guys on this team. There's a lot of uh, a lot of middle six talentish guys on this team, which is usually when it plays really well, it works together. But it's not working right now.
1: I mean, yeah, I do. If if you're if you've lost, dude, right now, I I don't think that if you're, for example, if you're Barry Trotz right now. I don't think you can really say your your job is really that safe. I know he's Barry Trotz. He's a great coach, phenomenal coach even, um, probably one of the best in the league. But your team has lost 11 hockey games in a row. You
0: can't a, fire Trotz, though. He's the only reason the Islanders are still on the island.
1: I, I don't – dude, if your team – You have, to, is you have
0: that, to remember, right before this turnaround, they were, they were about to be moved to Connecticut. They were, they were looking like they might be being moved to Hartford or Quebec City before this turnaround started.
1: I trots I dude that's been only the last few years. I just think that I don't know. I think you got I mean if you're an organization your team has lost 11 games yeah. in a row and you're and you were predicted probably to finish either by winning the cup this year or winning the Eastern Conference, I mean like you got to think about some like you got to think at some point like hey, maybe it's time for a change. These the, you know, clearly and but this this is the thing. I don't actually think the Islanders are going to do that. I think it's a thought. Well, I
0: don't think I don't they, think they, they will, will. But I think, I think they're going to chalk maybe this maybe up to a COVID.
1: Doing. A co- I think they're like they're going to chalk this up to a COVID bullshit year. They're going to be like, we got you know we got COVID.
2: Yeah, but freaking... they really affected them for a couple games. They still lost seven or eight straight before they got hit with this.
0: Let me let me put it to you this way. I, no, think, they, I think they should consider a bit of a minor up. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't go as far as trading Barzell, but. You have to look at your conference and your trajectory. If this is a lost year, it's only going to get tougher from here with your core.
1: You also have to realize that the Islanders just went on, went out and signed a ton of long-term guys. They locked up a ton I of guys, like guys long-term. I they locked up Pelic. They locked up Barzal. They locked up Pulak. They locked up uh, Szezikas. They locked up Plutterbuck. Yep. They. Lo- I'm trying to go through the list here. They locked up Anders Lee last or last yep. season, of the year before that. Um,
2: they almost lost Pelic tonight, too.
1: Yeah, they yeah. Yep. They,
2: they, lost, they they locked up,
1: they're gonna lock, they, um, excuse me, they locked up their goaltender. They they've locked up a lot of these guys. A lot like I'm thinking now, they have Noah adoption, they're probably it's, going it's, to it's, lock it's, up. It's a He's a fantastic
0: team. defenseman. It's a team that's locked itself into being what it is, and if what it is isn't effective, yeah, you're in some real trouble here at this point.
1: Yeah, I know. So uh, it, let's not get too concerned yet. I mean, got eleven in a row. And we're saying that, but like, I. Oh, you're saying that? I'm
0: I'm saying it's time to push the panic button. That's that's a, that's me. I'm saying the nuclear sirens are going on. Yeah,
1: I know. I uh, man, it's just it puts you this way.
0: Look, look, at just this offense in general, because that, that's really what it is. It's their offense. Yeah, goals it for is. goals for they have 36 goals for this season. That's wh- worst in the league.
1: They've only scored 36 goals the entire
0: year? Yes. They've how only many games have they played? The entire year, they have played 20.
2: Twenty. Oh,
0: my God. That's not even two goals a game. No. That's how bad this is.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. That is, that's freaking awful. I'm sorry. No, I didn't know it was.
0: Four. 36 goals for. 52 assists. That's also dead last. Here's their shooting percentage. 6.63. A 6.63 shooting percentage. 32nd in the league, last, dead last. So they're not shooting the puck. They're not assisting people in shooting the puck. And they're not putting the puck in the back of the net. I mean,
2: Barzell leads the team with 13 points. How are you going to have your leading points guy have 13 points? This looks like games? some
0: bad sim on NHL 22. That's what <laughs> Wait, this team that's, looks
1: like. I, I legitimately think Capo Caco probably has more points than Matt Barzell. I think he does. Like, up. I'll look it up real quick. Like, can we, can we say
2: that?
0: I, I, well, no. Uh, he got, got eight. got uh, eight. Ricky, I, oh, actually, you know what? This is probably not, is, is the, what did you say for Barzell? 10? 13
2: points on the season. Is that,
0: is that including tonight?
2: Potentially not. Why?
0: Because I have it as 11, so that probably isn't.
2: Oh, it is including tonight then, yeah. That is including 13. He had two okay. assists tonight. He assisted 13. on What does Kako have? Eight. Yeah, so, all right. Yeah, but so, Kako's also, like, Fifteenth, probably on the Rangers yes, exactly. list, of points leader. So I'm not. It um, you know.
0: Let me put it to you. Let's put it this way: Adam uh, Fox has Strome, more points as a defenseman. Strome, Fox, I mean, Adam Fox Pined- is the
2: best defenseman in the league, though. Uh, <laughs> it's so important to know.
0: Panarin, Panarin Truba has more. Fox, Kreider, Zabenajad, and Truba has ten. So Trouba, and that's not including. Actually, no, that is including. So one, two, three. There's five players on the Rangers who have more points than Matt Barzell. Yeah, not and uh, yeah. And ourselves the leading points score.
1: That's crazy. I mean, when you when we take a deeper dive into these numbers, that's just that's just flat out embarrassing. It's just horrible, and their power
0: I, play is like 29th. Yeah, their power play is even did, worse. I watched to it get
2: better though. Like they yeah. they did start scoring, which is a good sign. You know, I think they've scored a power play in three straight games, maybe two straight games. Something All like I know that, is this. But
0: still, it's like I
2: watched.
1: I watched the game tonight. Um, they looked better. That third period, they outplayed the Blackhawks. The tie, Blackhawks tired legs. They played the Rangers last night. Um, they got it. They, it got to them in the third period. The Islanders were peppering Flurry with shots. Like Ricky said, Flurry <laughs> stunned his head that last minute. I, yeah. I he even gave, he gave up the goal two point three seconds left. But three goals player. could have been scored. Yeah, but three goals could have been scored easily. I feel like if 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 the goalie ha- has a an average night because he played spectacular. I I'm mean, still the one
0: who's shocked that Pittsburgh didn't go and give Vegas whatever they wanted for Flurry. I
1: don't know. Pittsburgh's got Tristan Jari who's playing fantastic this year, so he's
0: a he's a risk, but he's playing great. So Ginger's almost ran out of town last year.
1: Yeah, I know, but uh, yeah, the Islanders. So, oh wait, before before we do anything, because we I think we forgot to mention it for the Rangers. Go back to the Rangers for a second. In terms of their upcoming schedule, this Tuesday night we travel to Chicago for the later end or the latter half of that um, back to you know home and home series. We're playing in Chicago at the United Center Tuesday night, eight thirty PM, and then back at the Garden next night. We're flying right back home, New York City. We're playing take on the ads. Yeah, we're taking on the Colorado Avalanche seven o'clock on MSG, and the Avalanche uh, actually. The Avalanche are picked to win the cup this year by most they people. They were the most favorite bet. Yep, they were the favorite. They Struggled
0: out the gate. Yep. But that's and been mainly, I believe, because McKinnon's missed uh a majority. He missed, time.
1: yeah. And he's he actually got back a game ago. He
0: just got back, I believe, yes. But Navan so, Kadri
1: has been going nuts. I know he has been. And then um so that's those two games. I I told you about the game next Friday against Buffalo. We'll be in Buffalo yep. for that. That'll be Shostakin's return most likely. I'm hearing. So are we then, getting
0: Adam Huska in one of these?
1: Uh, one of these games. I think so. I think. And by the way, for anyone that doesn't know, Keith Kincaid, he would have been the guy called up. Is actually still in COVID protocol with the Hartford Pack down in Connecticut. He would have been the guy called up. That's why Huska's up. Huska's is still a pretty good, pretty good goaltender from what I've heard. Um, if he makes his debut, I, you know, we'll be fine for a game. And then for the Islanders, um, we talked about the Blackhawks game. They just lost, but, or tonight they lost, um, they lost in a shootout tonight, but upcoming, they got the Ottawa Senators, a very bad hockey team on Tuesday night. Actually, it'll probably be a close game. Both teams stink. So (laughs) yeah, both teams stink. So that'll be, if you're going to pick up a win, if
0: you're going to pick up a a win, Isles, this is the time to do it.
2: Yeah, the sends stink. So <laughs> are you still holding out hope though for this Islanders team? Obviously you're not an islanders, Yes. Friend, you know what I mean. Ooh,
1: yes. Um yeah, you got it. you got it. you gotta stick to it. I'm losing
0: it, it man. Um I'm, I'm gonna give it I'll give it to the end of December. If they don't if they don't improve by the end of December, I'm jumping off the islander wagon.
2: I mean, they were five, two and two to start. You know what I mean? Like it's not like there was any worrisome. they weren't scoring, but they were winning, you know. And it just they got a really, really tough stretch of teams and the not scoring hasn't it's, picked up.
0: The main thing is the numbers even at the beginning showed that it was kind of a matter of time before they started losing. They were winning games
2: like two in a more. way
0: that wasn't very yeah. convincing. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. They no, uh, they're relying right. on goaltending playing fights out to win games. All right. With that, let's uh, mm-hmm. let's move to the hardwood, the Knicks and the yep. Nets. Um, the Nets played the Timberwolves on Friday, won that game by five. KD was KD. Um, a little concerning that the Wolves kept it so close. Um, bench had a total of 18, which normally I would say isn't great, but for the Nets bench, that's probably pretty good given how ineffective their bench has been all year. Um, boys, any thoughts on that, uh, that Nets game versus the T-Wolves?
1: i'll just keep it brief with the nets um katie again having a spectacular night true superstar you're honestly abc you're right the bench um we've talked about really what who do we have off the bench that we love um patty mills and uh joe harris and harris just went down with an injury is he starting is he starting
2: is he starting starting
0: point guard now because no kyrie Cam oh, Thomas geez. is
2: the one guy that ABC may have mentioned. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Cam so. Thomas
0: is the guy I like. Uh, he didn't have a he didn't have a great game. He's one for three, all shots from the arc. Played eighteen minutes though, so it's nice to see he's getting an uptake in minutes. Uh, their best score off the bench was James Johnson. And Damn. once again, the eternal uh, suckiness of Bruce Brown goes over four from the field.
1: Yep. So.
0: The two guys hey. I really want to see just get the minutes are Cam Thomas, and I would like to see more Nick Claxton. That's just me. Gotcha. I'd like, see the, I'd like to see the young guys get a few more minutes, especially in these games against some of these weaker teams.
1: I'll tell you what, though. The Timberwolves, surprisingly, haven't been as bad this year. The
0: Timberwolves um, aren't a terrible team. Base. This year they
1: haven't been that bad. I'm just they're looking just, at the standings now. They're they're, they were weird. not nearly as bad as they were last year or two just years ago. They're
0: weirdly constructed. You know, yeah. They have, they have three really good players. Cat uh, did not play in the game against uh, Brooklyn. He had a illness, I believe, or DMP. It was a DMP it was some minor. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns is an absolute superstar. He will put up a ton of points and he will dominate you. If you don't have the biggest to counteract him. Then you have D'Angelo Russell, who the former net, who was once thought to be like a possible number two type guy who honestly, since he left Brooklyn, has not really been the same. And um, he's just kind of there. And then you got Anthony Edwards, who, again, looks like a superstar, kind of that undersized 2-3 type guy. And then you got a bunch of uh, weird 3 and D type guys, along with Malik Beasley, who's making $15 million uh, to be a more expensive version of a three-point shooter off the bench.
1: Yeah, no. Um, but, yeah, so the Nets beat the Timberwolves 110-105 that on Friday night, and then we moved on to the back-to-back Saturday. They played the Bulls, and the Bulls beat them by four is another close game. Um, have they played part the Bulls yet? I don't believe so. So we haven't no, – we have. go ahead, Reggie. Right, yeah, sorry. I was going to say,
2: they lost to the Bulls twice. They lost to the Bucks. They lost to the Suns. They lost to the Warriors. So this is a team that's supposed to be – the top dog in the east. This is and supposed to be our yeah, finals favorite, right? And yeah, they are what 17 and six, I believe, or
0: uh, they are 16 and seven.
2: Okay, 16, 16 and seven, and, seven right.
0: and they are the still the top seed in the east. They are one game, they are half a game ahead of Chicago,
2: and they're 16 and seven, supposed to be like blow, like supposed to run away with the east, yet they cannot beat another contender. I know it's they can't early, quality teams. But trouble five the of their game. seven losses are two contenders and they haven't beat us like a star team yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you break down that that Bulls game, um Zach Levine, 30 point 31 points. Uh, I guess a lot of his coming at the line because I'm just just looking from his base stats, doesn't look like he made a ton from the field. So I'm assuming most of his points came from the line. Uh DeRozan, on the other hand, just what Rosen looks so good. No, I remember going into the offseason, I wanted the Knicks to go the Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan approach. That was what I wanted originally. Um, even then, I didn't think DeRozan would be doing this, but he looks—he looks like his prime self from back in Toronto. He
1: does. I mean, this Bulls team really is talented. Um, we're we're gonna talk Knicks after Nets, so I'm not gonna you know. Sp- Uh, Not spoil, but everyone knows that happened, but I'm not going to get into it with that. But the Bulls, fantastic. I I think they're fantastically constructed. I I think Vucevic, the center, is a great player. I think DeRozan's a great player. Levine's, I think, turning into a superstar or already is one. And then you have Lonzo, who, you know, some nights he's off, but when he's on, he cooks, man. He's, they spend money on him. They spend money on, you know, they really spend money. Um, to upgrade the Chicago team. And like you said, you they're Caruso overperforming. Up there too. Yeah, and they're over- I mean, I think everyone thought they were good, definitely playoffs this year, but I don't think anyone expected them being the two-seed at this point
0: in nah. the season. You know, they got a great defensive backcourt with Lonzo and uh, with Caruso, who's now in the starting lineup most nights. yeah. The only thing with this uh with this Bulls team where I really didn't think they'd be that good was down low. They've got kind of a weak defensive front court, but I guess if you look at the East, outside of like playing the Bucks, uh bead has been in and out of the lineup, so front courts in the East have not, are not very threatening.
1: You're like, 100% right with it. You're 100% right. Um. So the Bulls So the Bulls go into the Barclays. They beat the Nets. Um, Harden, another game under 20 points. Struggled from the field. He went five for 21. Um, the bench had 25 points, which is considerably a good night for Brooklyn, like we just, just discussed before
0: with the game against the T-Wolves. Again, Man, 25 James... minutes for Cam Thomas this time. That's great to see. I mean, again, three for nine, not a great game from him, but I expect with more minutes that he'll get better.
1: Hundred percent, but man, guys, James Harden five for twenty one from the field. That it's just just not we, good.
0: We have beaten this point to death on this podcast at this point. But I'm about to run it over with a truck because if LaMarcus Aldridge, at this point in his career, was he thirty six? I feel like I have to keep asking for his age after every episode. Yeah. Thirty six. If thirty six year old LaMarcus Aldridge is your second best scorer. You are not winning shit come playoff time. That is a serious, serious problem. You're 100% right. And, and, And you know, it's just going to keep building, keep building, keep building, keep building, and then if you run into the wrong team in the playoffs, it's going to cost you your
1: season. 100%. And, and that's what I think the issue we're going to have to look in when we, obviously we're, we, we're going to be paying attention to the Nets now more with this podcast. Um, and obviously, let's look for that. Let's see um, what these Nets here are, are kind of made of with with honestly the lack of depth they kind of really have. They are they are deep, I guess, in a sense, like they have those stars, and everything we talk about. But really depth wise, in terms of bench depth, like you said, there's not much there. um. So just
0: if he, at this point, yeah,
1: you're 100 percent right. And if Harden isn't on and he keeps playing games like he's been having, especially the five from 21 shooting, that becomes more consistent in his game, or if these games are more frequent, this Nets team is gonna have, have, you know, have a little bit more trouble than what they're probably gonna be, you know, probably thought they'd be used to. So
0: I have to I have to ask a rhetorical question here because I know the answer to it, but I have to ask the question.
1: Yeah. Go ahead, what's the di- what's
0: really what is really the difference when it comes to their roster constructions? What's the difference between the Nets and the Lakers right now?
2: The Lakers <sighs> have more than two known players.
0: <laughs> uh, the correct answer was a healthy uh, a healthy superstar because LeBron's been in and out for the Lakers all year. That's fine for the Nets. KD's been healthy. KD is masking a lot of issues on this Nets team. Oh, I know and. It's an old team. It's a very oddly constructed team. It's a bunch of like old, small front court guys who really don't have the athleticism to play a lot of big minutes anymore. And then it's a lot of perimeter guys who are best served as being like your ninth guy, but are forced to be like your seventh guys in these situations. It is a weirdly constructed team, and I just don't know. Katie will get you to the playoffs, but I don't know how much further with how this team's looking. I know. And, and uh
1: who show who the Nets lose to last year? They lost the Bucks last year, right? Milwaukee. And the Milwaukee exposed them last year in the playoffs because the team was kind of similar, right? It was the exact I
0: mean, same thing. Milwaukee yeah. exposed that without. Even if KD goes off, unless somebody else or somebody else's step up, they're not winning anything.
1: I agree. And and let's just keep an eye on it. And this is, again,
0: where the whole Kyrie thing comes into play. You have him back. That's another guy of yours who could step up. This team all of a sudden looks a lot deeper. But without him, you're getting a lot of exposure on this roster.
2: 100%. And that's right. When it gets to playoff time, Aldrich and Patty Mills, maybe not Mills so much, but a guy like Aldrich, like if you're going to be running him out there 35 minutes a night, these guys, it's going to catch up to him. He's going it's going to be tough for him to perform late in the season, early in the playoffs. That's
0: why I'm saying play a young guy like Nick Claxton 20 minutes or something now so that you save a guy like Aldrich for the postseason.
2: Yeah, I mean, it. It's, it's concerning. Like, their starting lineup, if you take out Bembry, like, their average age is, like, 35 years old or 34 they look, years old.
0: They look like that – what What was LeBron's last year with the Cavs where it was that really weird team that he dragged to the finals? What was that, 2018, 2017, right before he joined the Lakers?
1: Yeah, it was him, Kevin Love.
0: It was, like, him, Kev Love, J.R. Smith, uh, oh. Beating up the heroes, beating I think that up was 2017, Dwayne Wade. Right? I think yeah. It was 2017. But it was a similar thing. It was one like true superstar, one ineffective guy carrying a bunch of like overpaid names at that point, And it didn't work out in the end. And, you know, it, the bubble is going to burst sometimes. The other shoe is going to drop for this next team. I just don't know when. If yeah. the Nets
2: don't win a title with this team in the next, let's say two years, even three years, like that Harden trade will probably go down as one of the worst trades in NBA history. I mean, you look at this team out? Let, let, let,
0: let me put it to you this way. I don't think the hardened trade is the is when they jump the shark. I think it's not trading Kyrie before this whole mess.
2: Yeah, but like COVID's not Kyrie's fault. <laughs>
0: No, but if you remember back when the Harden trade happened, when there was Kyrie's whole rumor thing, there were rumors about um, Kyrie being traded back then. There was originally rumors of the original Harden trade was just going to be like a Kyrie-Harden swap, basically. Where the, uh, the Nets would have been able to keep a lot of depth. But I'll tell you what, they could really use a Karis LeVert or a Jared Allen right now.
1: You're 100% right. I love LeVert. Huh great guy off the I mean, bench
0: just you know this is, is what he on the happened. pacers yes this is what happened when you got your depth for star power it's a it's a very it's a risky strategy but it it has high upside but it's a risky strategy
2: for sure and we will like i said we'll see so they'll be traveling to houston tuesday wednesday night back to back they got dallas tuesday
0: is luca then, back yet for dallas or is he still out
2: i didn't even know luca was out
0: he was out for a yeah, I haven't been paying attention to the Mavericks that much of the season. Um, I just know in his last game, I think he was in playing close. That's why I
2: uh, – Well, he didn't play – yeah, no, he didn't play uh, on the fourth. When was the fourth? Yesterday? Yeah, he didn't play Saturday. So, I guess that'll be interesting to see. I mean, two games, Nets should win. You know, they got Dallas and Houston back-to-back.
0: Yep, the little Texas road trip.
2: Yep. All right, so I guess we'll, uh, we'll talk about our terrible, terrible New York Knicks now. Yeah. Um Thursday night didn't have RJ he he couldn't play, he was sick. And then Taj got tossed out literally like 3 minutes <sighs> into the game on like such a terrible call. I'm not saying Taj Gibson was going to like have us win the game or anything like that. But like losing a guy like that, like it it, it kind of put some stress on the Knicks, you know, because Mitch can play a lot, but after that they don't have a big, and I don't like it so much when they run that Randall and Toppin lineup as their bigs.
0: That is not a good fit together.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's just not. You know, they need a true center in there, I think. And Taj getting tossed out early. Like, Taj has some, like, like he, he's not going to give you 15 points or, like, five blocks, but he'll maybe get, like, like one big rebound or one big block, and it's, like, a little momentum type thing. Like, I love watching Taj back there and fall he, out.
0: He'll, he'll give Mitch a break. Which is what they really need. Right. He gives
1: Mitch. He gives Mitch a break, and also at the same time, isn't a liability to have out there. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's what I kind of I get from him. I Here's mean, the
0: question I got to ask though: Is like what's up with Nerlens? Well, at this point, is this the uh, he was back? He nice. was back for the Nuggets game.
2: He's made of glass. That's that's what's up with him.
0: I mean, that was always the case with him, though. Like, you knew that, but you still signed him to, what was it, like a three-year... Um, what did they end up signing Noel? For? I don't even know. Three years, like... 20. <laughs> three years, 20-something? Yeah, three years. And he was supposed to be that backup big uh, for Mitch. But, oh my God, like, at this point, you could have just thrown a little extra money at Hassan Whiteside at that point.
2: Yeah. I don't know, but with this game, man, I, they were just beat so bad earlier. They actually came back, like, watching the second half of this game, end of the second quarter, whatever it was, it was, or maybe it was the end of the third quarter. I'm not really sure. I don't remember when. It was Thursday. But it was like like they, they were down by, like, 20 or 22, and they brought it to within a tie game. They had the lead at some point late in the game, and it's like, Why do you wait so long to come back and give us just false hope and then just finish the last three minutes so terribly? Like, just awful.
0: I'll I'll tell you what, man. But this Knicks team, I'm just going to say this, and I want your guys' input on this. Is it time for the Knicks to make a move? Like, Do they need to do something to kind of shake up the team a little, Bring, bring somebody in? I don't don't necessarily know who it is.
2: It's still early in the season. Like, if you remember last year, like... I know they're actually
0: actually better in the standings right now than they were at this point last year.
2: Yeah, because they weren't expected to be anything with this team. And then when they became that four seed, everybody was like, oh, damn, we're a top team in the East. And now we're expecting that. And we are flat out not getting that performance. Yet we're still here expecting to win these big games and win every night. You know, we're sitting here 11 and 12. When a lot of us were expecting to be like, I don't know, 15 and eight at this point or something like this in the season, like, you know, top five in the East or something like that. And they're just they're playing what the record is. They're playing like a 500 mediocre middle of the road type of team.
0: Yeah, which I mean, maybe that's what they always were. I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting situation. Do we need to go reacquire Alfred Payton to go piss off the fan base? Oh God, and, uh... no.
2: That's the last thing to do. And then and then they uh, the Nuggets game, don't even get me started on that game. Oh, I, I, I turned it shoot. off after like the third shoot. quarter. That was so bad. We and obviously brutally
0: beaten up Nuggets team, too.
2: Yeah, like it was. I mean, Jokic came back. I mean, Jokic was on a mission or something. I don't know. He dropped like 36 on us, I think, or 32. Yeah,
1: but that's just like, Jokic. That's
2: all they got. Yeah. Like, I saw this, I saw this tweet, and it was like, um, if you're a no-name and you play if you play basketball, just come to Madison Square Garden because you're gonna do great. And it was this guy off the bench, Zeki Naji. Zeki Naji.
0: Zeki Naji. He dropped
2: 21 and was five of nine from deep. Like, why? Why does that happen every time? I the will Knicks tell. I will team? tell
0: you this. Before this season, Zeki Naji had all of 42 games to his resume. He averaged nine minutes, three points, and one rebound. Yeah, coming into the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's only twenty. I like, don't
0: know. Yeah, he's like, a Why
2: guy. did he have to hit five threes at Madison Square Garden? <laughs> it's
0: Madison Square Garden. I mean,
1: we discussed, you know, what we thought. We we you know we what we had that little prediction thing we did, and we were like, oh, what do you think the Knicks are going to do? I predicted one and one. I thought we were going to beat Chicago and then actually lose the Nuggets. So I was right about the Nuggets, but. Chicago just whew, a stinker at first. We came all the way back, then, then to lose it. I mean, it hurts. And then the Nuggets, they just, just didn't mad. play well. They just didn't play well at all. Like it was, I, I just felt like that game was never. I was out of reach the entire time. Do you get what I'm saying? When I watched it, yeah. I was like, Yeah. Whenever they try to mount the comeback, it always just get pushed right back in their face.
0: Let me let me just say, um, freaking, freaking! I'm starting brokage. to almost it's unbelievable. I, Take this how you will. I'm sure you guys will have different opinions on this. I'm starting to feel bad for Julius Randle. Like, the dude, he's kind of bearing the brunt of the heat for how the team's playing right now. I don't think he's the one to blame for this.
1: I agree. And I'll tell you what, bring up another thing with Julius Randle. The thing with the whole refereeing was absolute shit. I, th- I thought that was unbelievable oh what they actually told him. Oh, because you, what, he was stronger, right? Or something like that, because you're a strong – didn't, he, didn't, the, didn't the officials tell him that, like, just because, like, you're stronger than most of these guys out yeah. here?
0: Basically, like, you're not a big enough star to get that foul. That's literally yeah. what they told him.
1: Yeah, and it's just unbelievable to me. Like, I, it, yeah, I do feel bad for the guy. Um, majority of the nights, obviously, like, there's some nights he's off and he forces up shots. I mean, and... look,
0: his, his late game scoring needs some work, specifically at the arc. He hasn't, he still hasn't quite learned how to be the number one option in crunch time. But that takes some time to learn, especially since you haven't been that up until you really got to the Knicks.
1: hundred percent. And then we talk about the expectations of this team. And Ricky, you're absolutely right. I bet most fans probably have us within that, that fourth, that same fourth spot, at least, you know what I'm saying? Combine that with the fact that they're not playing well. Julius Randle, you know, is that guy. We saw him last year. He could be that guy. But, like I said, that's why I do feel bad for him, because the expectations combined with the fact that the team's not playing well, he could be playing better. And I think, yeah, you got to feel bad for a guy. It's New York, you know. You saw – we saw what happened last year when the Knicks got to the playoffs, how crazy – the city yeah. came alive for the team and rallied around behind the team. It's got to be tough when you're Julius Randle and you're you're trying to fight, you know you're trying to give those answers each night as to why.
0: I'll say this though: so this fan base performing. is about to Carmelo Anthony. This man, they are about to Carmelo Anthony, Julius Randle, and I feel bad. In a way, yeah, it, like it, it is they, tough. They are gonna like if the Knicks finish with disappointment at the end of this season the fan base is going to turn on Julius Randle. I'm just telling you right now. I just yeah, get I that feeling.
2: It. I, you know, I, I could somewhat agree with you there. But, I mean, it's not all on him, though, for sure. Like, a guy like RJ, look at RJ. He's supposed to be your number two option. I mean, obviously, he's literally our age. He's so supposed to be the
0: future of your franchise. like
2: Right. I and mean, he's in his third season. But what I don't understand is just another game. I mentioned this episodes ago. We do not need to be shooting 40 threes a game, especially when we only hit 30% of them. Why this, is R.J. Barrett taking seven threes? And he only this made team one? is
0: not constructed to play the way they're being. Uh, when,
2: they, when they stay away from the three-point ball and and don't do stuff like this where R.J. shoots one of seven and Randall shoots two of seven, they win games. Just chucking up threes. once. Obviously, they were down the whole time. It's not them. efficient. It's it's not. And it's just the Knicks, just gonna, the Knicks just gonna are supposed to, to be bonuses.
0: efficient defensive basketball. That's what this team is supposed to be. And they're not doing that.
1: Oh, percent And also, too, Ricky, you talk about that, you know, in terms of the three-point shooting. They're not a good three-pointing shooting team at all. I huh. mean, they rank amongst the bottom half of the league. And the fact that, like you said, they're taking what the what's the didn't they take like 57 threes in a game or something like that like what what game was um, that um
0: this game by the way just versus the nuggets they were 12 for 40
1: right exactly. so um, you're taking I mean, wait have, you're right. taking 43s a game and you're one of the lowest three point you know shooting percentage teams in the league versus the I mean Bulls, teams they aren't were
0: yeah 9 for 26
1: yeah teams teams aren't you know Really intimidated by that style of offense if they know you're going to miss probably <laughs> close to seventy percent of the time. You know what I'm saying? When you yeah. drive the ball to the hoop and you force teams to make plays and you draw fouls, they're effective down low. Mitch is a beast. He really is. He might not be the most like offensively gifted center in the league, but that he's tough to defend down low. You got to give the guy credit. I think I we have him. some. I think we have some good. What I think I think Toppin's going to develop. I think he could be a presence at the hoop. You know. Uh, we have some other guys that are grandel. Uh, I mean, he, I think he's built on that freaking nice butter fade, that fade away, dude, when he hits that fade away. Oh, so nice. He doesn't need to, sh- to shoot a three every time. Same with Barrett getting him to, you know, I'm, I love him on the fast break, just like things like that. But like you said, Oh God, it's just so frustrating. Sometimes like, like you said, not everything has to be about that
2: freaking three. I agree with you here. And then um just coming up this week, you know, they got the Pacers on Tuesday and Indiana Wednesday, both on the road. And usually you know, we we'll touch wait, on it. We'll wait, touch on it next episode. Yeah, what? I think
1: you you said wait, they have the Pacers and then who? No, the Spurs. Spurs.
2: Oh, did I say I, did I say Indiana and then the, and then the Spurs? You did. You said Pacers okay, yeah. then Indiana. Okay, yeah, that's what I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was, that's the same team. <laughs> So uh, we got the Spurs Tuesday, my bad. And then the Pacers will be Wednesday night. And usually, you know, we'll talk about, you know, the Friday game on the next episode. But I just want to mention it because we got the Raptors Friday. And that comes before a tough two-game stretch against the Bucks and Warriors. So these three games, all on the road, you got San Antonio, Indiana, and Toronto. They need to win these games. Like, they. I was hoping yeah. to, to potentially beat the Bulls, and then you thought you would have seen a better game out of them against the Nuggets who have been struggling this year. I mean, they need to take care of these teams. They cannot. And plus we've already lost to the Pacers this year. We, we need to take care of these teams. We need to win these games. And then just like quick outlook for the rest of the month, the schedule is not too bad. Like there's, I think, 13 games left in this month. Not that we're going to go like 10 and what is it? 10 and three or whatever, nine and four, but they could, they could very well much be by the end of December, kind of right back to where we want them to be. I think, I think they definitely have the potential to do that. The schedule does lighten up for sure. But, you know, one game at a time, and for this case, until we speak again, two games at a time, uh, we got to take care of the Spurs and the Pacers Tuesday and Wednesday.
0: All right. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Grand Central Sports. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, For Ricky Valerio and Gavin O'Grady, I'm Andrew Angera. This is GCS signing off.